0: Bring me shelter, I will not harm you. Bring me shelter, please. Bring me shelter, I will not harm you. I would shelter
1: you. People would do anything for their families, it could happen to anyone, anytime.
2: Somebody in France, somebody in England basically sat down with a ruler and just drew lines on that. There are many different ethnic and religious groups that have been divided across borders and this has caused a significant amount of conflict.
3: There are a lot of people
4: who need safety. It is really cruel for a country like Australia to have policies that are focused only on pushing people away.
5: What we're seeing is a number of people that remain in a state of limbo And when
3: non-sustainable land use combines with climate change, the crisis of refugees...
5: I wasn't able to go and play with children. I had to go and really be an adult from a very young age. I think that's something that a lot of migrant children can relate to.
6: Really, it was a dream for me to reunite with my family. I was just praying and
2: hoping that that day will come one day. I think it's very
5: important for people
1: to understand that people have their own dreams as well and they're wanting to change the world with everybody else. Refugee, refugee, refugee,
0: refugee.
4: Refugee Radio, 8.55am, 5, 5 3 0.
3: from the First Nations peoples three times. We came here, we stole their land, you, then we stole their children, and we've continued to steal their future by refusing to treaty and recognise sovereignty. Yeah, right,
4: right. This land will always belong to the First Nations people, and we cherish their ancient culture and history. Today, as we gather at the time when the world is at turmoil, hate, bigotry and racism seems to be the key words. We expect leadership from our federal politicians. But sadly, many of them seem to be carried away by vote-grabbing, thereby flame and hatred, bigotry against minority. Demonizing refugees and migrants seems to be very common these days, creating the fear of unknown. The people have fled, war on regions, persecution. Last Sunday, we had a rally for the Uyghur community. Displacement, the Palestinians, the Rohingya community to come to a safe haven, that's Australia. But what does our government do? Place them in hell holes like Manas and Nauru. Even criminals have justice, but not for refugees. Our refugees. Yeah, yeah. 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 in since for the last six years, and every year we speak of this and every year there's no change bring them back please yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. racial profiling must stop at all levels let's educate all to understand and work as communities we need to recognize the rights of the first nation people the land we are is aboriginal land and will always remain that I'd like to end with a verse from the Quran: "O oh, mankind We created you from a single pair, a male and a female, and made you into nations and tribes that ye may know each other, not despise one another. Love and hope are the two words I want to leave with you. Good luck, Aslamu Alaikum.
2: Bichani. He fled Iran when his journalism put him at risk of persecution by the Iranian government and has been held in Manus Island Detention Centre since 2013. But in spite of this, he has been a courageous and articulate advocate, drawing international attention to the imprisonment of hundreds of men held by the Australian government on Manus Island. His memoir, No Friend But The Mountains, writing from Manus Prison, won the Victorian prize for literature in January of this year. The book was typed out on a mobile phone in a series of single messages. Please give a warm welcome and clap to the recording of Beru's Bachani. People
7: in Manus and Nauru who have been kept at political stages for six years. I have participated in many protests in Australia over the past years. I don't know how many times it is that I have been alongside you shouting against this barbaric policy. I am really sorry that nothing has changed after all of these protests, but I believe that we should continue to stand up against this cruel government in any way that we can. Today is an important day not only for innocent refugees in Australian indefinite detention but for Australian people. Unfortunately, the Australian government produced and exported violence to Manus and Nauru for years. We can now see that after these years, Australia has now produced and exported violence to a country such as New Zealand. People in Manus and Nauru, alongside people in Australia and New Zealand, have been in shock at the terrorist attack by a white Australian. But the thing that people should never forget is that this kind of violence has been happening in Manus and Nauru for years and is justified and produced through this. I believe if people in Australia rejected hate speech and scare-based political campaigns by politicians such as Scott Morrison and Peter Dutton, this kind of terrorist attack would not have happened. Unfortunately, no one in Australia, in the media, talks about these links. But these are a reality, and you cannot ignore what is happening in these islands. The effect on us, the islanders, and the people of Australia. Definitely, when a government like Australia is enacting This barbaric policy, it has a deep impact on the whole of Australian society. Again, let me remind you that there are a deep connection between what is happening in Manus and Nauru with what is happening in Australian politics. Liberals have learned dirty things from this exile policy. Things such as cruelty and the persuasive power of lying and hypocrisy in manipulating public opinion. That's why Manus and Nauru are a part of Australia and have had a big impact in political culture there. Today it is a time for all of us gathering here to say no to all of these ugly things. I, as a person who has been involved in this plight, believe that many people in Australia have themselves been traumatized because of this barbaric policy. In in the end, I would like to ask you, Australian people, to don't be silent in front of what the government is doing in Manus and Maru. What is important these days is that the Australian people bring down this populist government to say no to dirty politics and to reject those politicians who divide people. It's the time that Australian people make a big, loud change.
3: Thank you very much to Beirut's Ladies and gentlemen, I would now like to introduce onto stage a friend of Beirut's Bouchani's, a man who has supported Beirut's and has assisted in promoting his writing to a global audience. His name is Richard Flanagan. He is one of Australia's most acclaimed novelists and essayists and is a strong advocate for decency. His books are published in 42 countries and he has been awarded numerous honours for his writing, including the Man Booker Prize. Over many years, Richard has used his public profile to call out Australia's shameful treatment of refugees. Please make Richard very welcome.
8: I was very moved to hear Baruz Bachani's voice just now. I've only ever heard Baruza's voice through speakers. But one day, Baruz Bachani will stand here before us, and we will hear and see him in the flesh. as a free human being. And I'm here today to say that day is coming because change is coming. You can feel it, you can sense it, it is coming and it will not be denied. But it needs us to fight for it and to keep fighting for it during this election and after the election We need to fight for it, not only for the refugees of Manus and Nauru, but for our own salvation. There is no fineness of oppression. We become the words we use. One small lie inevitably must be paid for with another larger lie. And with that, more and yet more again. To rob one human of freedom demands that we must rob another or the crime becomes too obvious. And that is why to falsely imprison one human is called a crime, while to kidnap and falsely imprison thousands is called a national necessity. This was And it always was only about the basest electoral politics playing to a racist idea of Australia that over 20 years gave cover and then legitimacy to increasingly dangerous and murderous groups in our society. And so it went for two decades until the horror of Christchurch when New Zealand could truthfully say in atonement He is not one of us, but he is one of us, and the terrible truth is we are him. We are our media, which too often promotes neo-Nazis. We are our parliament, which voted for a neo-Nazi slogan, resolving that it is okay to be white. We are our Senator, who called for a final solution. We are our leaders of both major parties, who for too long competed in open cruelty towards refugees. We are our Prime Minister, who sought to represent the refugees of Manus and Nauru as pedophiles, murderers, rapists. And yet, it was the refugees of those camps who suffered the sexual abuse, the rapes, the violence and the psychological destruction of one human being after another in Australia's name, our name, in Australian internment centres. And so we became the words we used. In the almost two decades since Tampa It is we who have become the murderers, the rapists, the pedophiles. In the 2001 election we decided who we would become and the circumstances in which we could become a new country. And so we became the charring flesh of 23-year-old Omid Masamali as he burnt himself to death on Nauru. We became the screams of Hodan Yassin, who did the same thing a few days later. We became the ignored begging of a woman refugee on Nauru being raped. We became these words, we became these things in the eyes of the world and in our own hearts. And now, now the shame of it must end because we can no longer go forward as a nation when Australia's soul is daily a little more stained by such evil. Yeah, yeah. And in truth, someone is responsible, someone is guilty, and it is they and not the innocence of Nauru and Manus who should be in jail. That is why there must be a royal commission into these camps. Yeah. So that Omid Masamali did not burn himself to death in vain. So that Barati's murder is not completely meaningless. So that the countless lives and souls destroyed know some justice. We need to establish the truth of what we did in those camps, so that the white nationalists, the racial supremacists, the Islamophobes, those many new disguises for what is an older evil – fascism – so they cannot argue that it is in our national interest to persecute, vilify and destroy innocent human beings. Because there are so many unanswered questions about these camps. Where did the billions of our dollars go? How could so much taxpayers' money be spent and the asylum seekers still unsafe and often hungry? Who is responsible for the many human rights violations, the corrupt business deals? the many, many criminal acts? Who sanctioned the immense suffering? Who promoted it? Who covered it up to keep the evil charade going? But I want to say today, this is not a time for pessimism. It is a time for optimism. Because after 20 years, Australia is once more beginning to move. We are not what we were in 2001. Australia has lived the shame, it has seen the cost in human lives, and we understand we are less free in consequence. It is time Australia once more walked tall in the company of other nations. Time that we no longer bred mass murderers with our words. And I tell you today, we will win. We will win because the camps are mired in the horrific stories of their suffering and the corruption that fed off the horror. The camps have lost all moral legitimacy and their closure is only a matter of time. When a Chinese Communist Party-aligned billionaire previously found by ASIO to represent a serious security risk is able on payment of $20,000 to secure a meeting with the Minister for Immigration to advance his claim for a visa, it's no longer possible to take seriously a single word this government says about national security. Listening to Baru's Bhachani, I thought, never ever think words don't matter. Never ever think one person speaking their truth to power will not be heard if they are brave enough for long enough. If one jailed man and a mobile phone can achieve what Baru's Bhachani did, then together we can and we will close those camps. And After we must fight and continue to fight and we must not give up because Christchurch proves one thing. National security does not lie in the fairy tale of border security. It does not repose in the ongoing torture of innocent human beings. It exists in tolerance and human decency. We are better than our politicians' dark fears. We are not their hate. We are not their cruelty. We are hopeful about our Australia that has as its compass the recognition that strength resides in our willingness to help the weakest. It is our time. It is our country. And we are no longer marching to the beat of those who would sell it out to the American National Rifle Association, to the neo-Nazis and the mass murderers, because we become the words we use. Mr Morrison, Mr Shorten, Use different words, love, kindness, compassion, goodness, justice. Mr Morrison, Mr Shorten, tear down those camps. Mr. Morrison, Mr. Shorten, close Manus and Nauru now. Close the camps and bring them home. Thank you. Now, my honour to introduce you to an amazing, empowering speaker, Nia
2: Dolanwan. She is a lawyer and a vocal community advocate. She was born as a refugee in Ethiopia and raised in Kakuma Refugee Camp, Kenya. At 18, Nia Dole moved to Australia as a refugee and has since completed a Bachelor of Arts in Victoria and a Juris Doctor at the University of Melbourne. Outside her work and through the experiences of her family and community, Nia Dole is a passionate advocate for human rights multiculturalism the settlement of refugees and those seeking asylum in both 2011 and 2014 Nejad was nominated as one of the most of one of the 100 most influential African Australians Let's give her a welcome.
1: It's quite terrifying following Richard Flanagan and realizing that you haven't written a speech But I think I have an excuse. The first is that um, I'm a mother of two, and one just turned two, so not a lot of sleep and not a lot of time. Uh, And the second is the fact that 13 years ago, I was a refugee and a stateless person. So I was hoping today to speak more from my experience of being a refugee. 13 years ago, I was in a place called Kakuma Refugee Camp. I had big hopes, I had big goals, I wanted to be a lawyer, but I was stuck in a refugee camp. I didn't know how I was going to get out of that camp, but I knew that if I didn't get out of the camp, my future was going to be very dark. Luckily, my mom, an extraordinary woman, managed to apply and get us family members to sponsor us to Australia. Now, I think my mom did a really good job, but I think it was also me staying up at night and trying to persuade God on the wisdom of letting me settle to Australia that works the magic. I made a couple of promises. Actually, I made a number of promises. I promised that if I made it to Australia, I was going to be a very good Christian. I also promised that I was always going to listen to mum and that I would be grateful and never complain. So far, uh, I have broken all those promises. Um, I do complain when the trains run a few minutes late. Um, and listening to mum all the time was a rather ambitious goal from the start, <laughs> which I'm finding out from my little girl now. Um, but really, this, the the opportunity to be resettled in Australia has really changed my life. I have become a lawyer, as I hope to. I did go to university, and I hope to. Um, and now I have two kids born in this country. I now have roots, and when I come home, the welcome at the airport by the immigration offices that say welcome home really feels like home. Now, I think my story is not unique at all. In fact, my story is rather common. It might be even common to a lot of people here today whose parents were immigrants, and it is simply that when people who are so desperate, are given an opportunity, just a window, just a window, they sometimes turn it into a lifetime of achievements. And this is what Australia, I think, is denying itself, by continuing to detain people in places that are horrible and are reflecting so badly on Australia and the Australian community. We have people in detention centres that are winning, you know, literacy award, ask yourself that that we are denying ourselves the opportunity to interact with other human beings who can really make us better and and continue to make us improve um, in this society. I think it's a great shame that this is the image that the government is willing to project of Australia. But to be here and to stand here and to look out here it's to really see the opposite narrative that doesn't make it to the media. It's to see a large group of people saying, we will not let this be the image of who we are. And it is to stand for a different kind of humanity, one that really has in its centre the idea of kindness, the idea of forgiveness, the idea of mercy, instead of simply winning votes and making careers. Yeah. I am tremendously, tremendously grateful to you all, and I really hope that none of you underestimate what you have done by being here today. You are essentially, I think in my view, holding the gates, because when we let hate and dehumanization become the main conversation we have, we begin to see real harm done to real people every day. And so you stand here and you fight for a different kind of Australia. You stand here and you say, no, we wouldn't stand for that kind of Australia. You stand here as a clear example of a better world, a better opportunity for those that are most vulnerable across the world. And I can assure you, I can assure you as a refugee who was born and raised in refugee camp, that there is no queue. A queue that is a million people across the world, million children across the world, is no longer a queue. It's a disaster. And if we don't do anything about it, we are neglecting our own humanity. We are going to establish a world that is much poorer in terms of its ability to imagine a different future. So I'm very glad that all of you are here putting that statement loudly and clearly that Australia can be different, that Australia should be different, and that we should treat each other with as much kindness as we can when we can afford to. Thank you very much.
2: You're listening to 3CR 855 AM, the voice of the community. 3CR, community radio, giving the voice of the community since 1976.
6: No no welcome here. No racism. racism. No fear. Are the and his in the Party. As a shadow minister, he frequently visited Sri Lanka and defended the brutal Rajapaksa regime on the international stage. As immigration minister, he used every opportunity to bash Tamil refugees. In April 2014, he welcomed Gotabaya Rajapaksa to Canberra for the first time. rajabakshe as a defense secretary, oversaw the slaughter of 70,000 Tamils in the final days of war in 2009. I personally had to witness the lies of Morrison when my childhood friend, Leo Simon self-immolated and died in Geelong. Morrison showed no remorse to his family and in his media comments showed very little respect to their family members. Friends, we have the election on May 18. It is also the day Tamils will be remembering the 10th anniversary of the killings. Let us use this day to kick out the party that chose to demonize refugees who fled the genocide, a party that chose to maintain cozy relationship with the war criminals. We must fight for the change, because so many people's lives depend on it. Last month, Tamil Refugee Council made a press release about a Tamil man who has been detained in Australia for almost 10 years. 45 year old Rajan has spent one-fifth of his life in the detention and now has been diagnosed with cancer. He has gone through four prime ministers. Initially, he was given refugee status, and then ACO gave him negative security assessment. He had to fight for that for six years. He then had to go through a new process and apply for protection visa again because the laws are changed. Rajan has gone through irreparable damages to his mental and physical health. Our call to free Rajan has been fallen on the deaf ears. We have Priya... Nowadays, and the two Australian born children locked up in detentions. They have been there for fourteen months. The children born in Australia are now spending most of their life in detention. As the legal challenge continues, they face more prospects of long time in detention. There are so many refugees in the community with uncertain future. This has placed them under vulnerable situation for further abuses. As a community organizer with Migrant Worker Center I have witnessed the terrible conditions refugees are endure in their workplaces because of their visa status This month we have had a fire at the chemical factory in Camberfield where refugee workers were working under unsafe conditions they were underpaid and they were subjected to work in unsafe work practices Many couldn't move on and find another job because of their visa status. In result, all the residents who have to live in in that area have been exposed to dangerous chemicals. This shows that our government policy is not only putting refugees' lives at risk, but also the safety of every one of us in the community. We must work together till all the refugees are safe and close the detention centres permanently and now.
3: Thank you very much, Lavanya Thaharajah. Ladies and gentlemen, we're now going to welcome up Taki Azra, who is a member of the Hazara community and arrived in Australia as a refugee from Afghanistan. Taki currently works as an organiser with the National Union of Workers. Please make Taki very welcome.
9: Thank you so much. Thank you everyone for coming here to support the refugee. Uh, as uh, my name is Taki Khan Azra, and I'm also a musician. I see, I saw a lot of musician, beautiful musicians here today. And this sharing their feelings and support the refugee and the spirit love and uh, solidarity for the everyone here in Australia. Uh, I trust, I believe Musicians musician are the best people. They can change the society. They can change the mind of people Because they have Lovely heart. I'm also a musician last month. I perform in Western Australia for uh, with my whole band uh, and last uh, on, on the te- March I perform in Dandenong for the 10,000 people it means we are good people we are nice people but still Scott Morrison, they stopped my citizenship. I passed my citizenship in 2015. I passed, I'm still waiting for this. It's not only me, it's the hundreds of other migrants, they came by boat to Australia, but they're still suffering here. And they have a lot of problems behind They left in their homeland, in their countries. So every day bomb blast, every day target killing, as you know, last Friday in Kwaita, city of Pakistan, 20 innocent workers' people have been killed by the bomb blast. So those people, they left their homeland, they choose Australia. They're coming here because Australia is a peaceful country. Australia has a beautiful people. Australia's people, they like multiculturalism. They like multicultural people here. So this is only politicians they are changing the, the rules here. And they make the life for everyone very difficult so i'm not a speaker i'm just in here without my music band i just want to share one of my song for all of you without any music i hope uh, it will be all right for all of you like this is the message of migrant people when there is war violence in their homeland and and the last evening of his life, he is trying to left his homeland. And he is crying with himself. And he is telling a story with himself. Oh, God, I wish there should be no war in my homeland. Why am I leaving my homeland? Why am I going to left everyone behind? My daughter, my kids, my mom, my sister, my brothers. And I'm going for safety somewhere. Because my life is in danger in my homeland. So this is the main story of this song.
0: (laughs) Sung her giz na me boot. Bajoni, she shall sung her giz na
3: Thank you, so Thank you so much, Taki. It's no mean feat to sing a cappella like that either. The stories of Taki and Lavanya and the other speakers that we have heard from today, who had the lived experience of being a refugee, are stories that, for many of us, we can't possibly comprehend. And we should all take some time to remember that coming up and telling those stories is no easy thing to do either. So. Um, many thanks for those with the lived experience of being a refugee who have spoken today and for those of you who are in the audience who are living that experience as well. We are thinking of you always. I'm now going to bring up our final speaker for today. Michelle O'Neill is the President of the Australian Council of Trade Unions. Michelle has been a long-term campaigner for the rights of the low-paid women, migrant workers and asylum seekers in the workforce. She has been a strong voice in opposing offshore processing and boat turnbacks and arguing for decent refugee policies. Please make Michelle very welcome.
5: Thanks, Corrine. And I want to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land we're meeting on today, the Wurundjeri people. Pay all my respects to their elders past and present, and it always was. And it always will be aboriginal land and i wish i could sing for you um that i have a few words i want to thank those of you who have stayed for the end of this amazing march and express all our solidarity to you from the australian trade union movement we are in the middle of a campaign because we think we need to change the rules and change the government and one of the reasons we are doing that is because we believe that Australian working people should really be more fearful of billionaires on yachts than a few hundred people seeking asylum on boats. And we also think that we should be more fearful as a people of rising inequality than of having a policy that would actually... and deliver a quality of processing to refugees and asylum seekers, no matter how they arrive in this country. We, we are standing up together to call out Scott Morrison and those politicians who are... Deter- they only have one message, and that is a message of fear and division. A message that is trying to say to us that we have more to be fearful of of, about each other. Well, what we know and what we in the Australian Union movement know and what we do every day as a member-based organisation is bring together people in unity, is connect people up and say what we have in common is so much more than what divides us. So we, every day, are out there countering that message of fear, division, hatred dog whistling, every day we are saying to people, this is not our country. This is not the country that we want to be. And this is what we are going to fight to change. Because people, you know, Morrison, he has that way of talking about a fair go, as if he knows what it means. But what we know is that every bit of fairness in Australia, ordinary people stood up and fought for. It was never handed to us on a platter. It was never something that was gifted. To win fairness like you all know from the fight that you've been having, takes struggle, it takes work, it takes campaigning. I want to congratulate all of you who have been part of some massive changes we've seen in the last six months. To see children off Nauru is an amazing thing. And also, of course, the passing of that many back legislation. All credit to all the activists here and all the thousands that aren't with us who fought and fought to get that through. And then, of course, to see the cynical subversion of that by the reopening of Christmas Island, $185 million in a stunt. Shame on them, because what... What we are trying to do here is put heart back into our policies, fairness back into our country, to say wherever you are from, whatever language you speak, whatever the color of your skin or whatever faith you are, you have a right to be here. You have a right to be treated with respect and dignity. That is what we are fighting for. We wanna see all of those in detention, brought to either the US or New Zealand or Australia. It is time to treat people as people who are deserving of our love and compassion and respect. It is past the time for fairness. It is past the time for justice. I don't have to tell you this, I know you are fighters for it. I wanna end by saying, whatever is the future in terms of the politicians and the election, you know where we stand. We think we must get rid of this government for a chance of fairness to come back in. But whatever the result, we will be standing shoulder to shoulder with you, fighting for that change. We at the ACTU, we have a policy, it's called the Asylum and Refugee Seekers, a rights-based approach. And it is rights-based approach. But what I say to all all of you is we stand together because we know what is right. Thank you so much for coming today. Thank you so much for being part of this movement for justice and fairness. And we, as said by earlier speakers, we will win. Thank
0: you.
2: We sail for human rights, Indigenous sovereignty and climate justice. Our destination is Manus Island. Join us for the Freedom Flotilla. Sailforjustice.org. Get on board. A
5: 3CR supporter. they they're living hell